where we talk about life, career, um, love, everything in between, you know, all the kinds of conversations that you want to have at the water cooler. And I did a career ask me anything thing on Instagram. And a lot of you sent me really, really good questions, questions I needed to reflect on and think about before I got back to you or shared anything. And so here we are. Now, when it comes to advice, I, I look at advice as something that needs to be, needs to offer you value, actually, because everybody's different. Everybody has a different experience. Everybody's different, dealing with different people, dealing with different dynamics, different, um, you know, experiences of life, levels of privilege, all of that. So when you listen to advice or rather when you listen to this, Take it with um, a pinch of salt because we do not have the same lives. But also take it as does this advice does this advice offer me value, right? So if it offers you value, then it's definitely something that you should listen to. But if it doesn't, that's also fair, by the way, right? And that's why you have, or rather, we're lucky we live in an era where you can go in and access different people saying different things. And you also have your personal opinion and you're able to actually formulate that and yeah, and then take that on board to add value to your life. So that's just to set some context. Great. So we've set the context of how I take advice or rather how I think people should take advice, which is that make sure that the advice that you take is something that can apply to your life. Number one, number two, understand that person is coming from a very different context, a very different reality from the reality you are living. And so therefore the, ad the advice they're giving you sometimes might not be useful. And then there are times when it might be, right? So we're going to get right into the questions. The first one was, I'm in my early 20s and I want to try everything and still have a career in health. What's the best approach? I honestly, I, I don't know. I don't know, but I can give some personal context. So I studied journalism. I was convinced I was going to be in media. Um, got a couple of jobs in media, worked in media for some time, then realized that was not a space I wanted to be in. And so what I did is I started looking at what were the different skills or different requirements of the industry I wanted to go into. And so I mapped that out. I looked at myself and I said, do I have those skills? Do I not? Where do I need to strengthen? And then where I did have those skills, it was about framing it in such a way that somebody could see that I could offer value to the organization, the brand, um, the consultancy space that I wanted to work in, right? So if you're looking at trying everything and you're not, you're, you were trained or you're in a specific sector, it's really looking about, it's really about looking at the sector you want to join, assessing yourself, right? Quite objectively and bluntly, seeking honest and um, clear, <laughs> honest and clear feedback on what you need to do to improve. And then using that to make sure that you do that and on top of that, it's about learning how to frame your experience and the value that you have to offer to whatever space you're looking to pivot into. 
or whatever space you're looking to also experience so that you kind of figure out and say this this is my this is where i want to be at this moment in time second question can one possibly manage up when c-suit bosses are the bottlenecks same person also asks advice on calling bs out of senior executives should be even when they feel they own the space number three what to do when commitments about improving the job situation by c-suit executives aren't executed and last but not least even after verbal commitments and follow-up on email they're being ignored now in this scenario um you know a, a lot of what happens in life is you have to look at certain things with old age adages i think that's what they're called sometimes my english is not their ass <laughs> right if somebody has shown you who they are you have to believe it if your c-suit boss because not all of them are like this right if your current c-suit whoever whoever is in that in that leadership position that management position is showing you who they are they're going to ignore you they're not going to take um feedback back and reflect on that and actually change they're not going to they're going to be bottlenecks right they've shown you so at this point in time it's about sitting down with yourself and asking yourself is this a space i want to be in is this is this an organization with leaders that i want to report in and of course that carries a lot of privilege yes to sit down and say i don't want this anymore and to therefore access other opportunities right but if you're looking at a career because a career is a long time a career starts at you know say 20 for most people ends at 65 or even 80 for some right you have to start asking yourself the very hard questions of what is the space i want to be in am i in that space right now if i am not what do i need to do in order to get to the space that i want to be in so i would say if you're dealing with an environment where the c-suit level folks are you know showing you who they are then you need to remove the focus from them and actually put focus on yourself and say i am unhappy about the situation and so therefore i need to think about how i can do xyz while still earning that salary yes because <laughs> salaries are great <laughs> while still earning that salary and figure out where next you need to be and what you need to do in order to get there so that's my response in terms of this um and again as i said it it does take a lot of like figuring out figuring out yourself figuring out what you need to do to get out of a certain situation but also being very aware that you don't necessarily have the privilege to just quit and move on right so you have to do it strategically you have to think you have to say this is where i want to go this is what i need to do in order to get there and remove the focus from these c-suit people in whatever situation you're currently in that's just not working out um tips for dealing with insubordinate team members Tell us how to deal with saboteurs, supervisors, and hating us colleagues. They're all women, right? Um, so this was these two questions were from the same person. Uh, tips for dealing with insubordinate team members. I to be very, very frank, I think that team members tend to feed off the culture that's coming from the top. So it's usually not common to see, um, you know, the, the top or rather hierarchy or leadership 
being healthy non-toxic individuals etc and then the teams below them are behaving in toxic ways usually that's my experience right so i think here maybe it's also just to reflect and see is is the experience at the top positive because culture is top down in an organization culture is very much top down so if the bosses have bad cultural habits what tends to happen is that essentially becomes the culture of the organization right so it's to look at that and see and assess if that could be the issue if it's not and it's the team members then if this is a healthy organization where you have very specific practice and ways of dealing with such issues then it's to is to roll out that process is to have the very needed and necessary and honest conversations with people reporting into you about their performance their attitude um all of these things because you know for a fact the organization is supportive and so therefore this person is the person that's the problem so there are two ways of looking at it in that sense uh please tell us how to deal with saboteur supervisors and hating us colleagues they're all women And again, because it's the same person, I think it goes back to the earlier point that I was trying to make. I, I, culture comes from top down. It usually isn't bottom up, right? Um, managers like to say, oh, the people, the what, but the, the truth is it, it comes from management down, right? So if, since you're the same person, I, I am going to assume that this is the dynamic you're dealing with. You're dealing with a toxic work environment where everybody is sort of like a doggy dog world. And so that is why you're in the situation that you're in. Number two, the part where you say they're all women. I think there's a very relevant conversation that needs to be had around tokenist hires. Um, the reality is if you're looking at the figures and everything else, many women are not actually in leadership or in decision-making roles, right? And so what tends to happen is a couple of women are hired they're given problems that are even outside of their JD. You're even told on Women's Day, for example, you're the one who's supposed to lead this. Or anytime it's a women's issue, you are the one who's supposed to deal with it. You know, your token is higher. You're not a, you're not, you're not a, you're not a hire that is the regular, regular face of leadership in an organization. And so therefore, what tends to happen with a lot of tokenist hires is that they view everybody else who is a similar either gender, race, you know, whatever they ident identify is as competition. And so there's that, but there's also the, the view of you become mean back because the world has always been mean to you. So it is a very valid concern and it's something that happens a lot, especially around that, you know, model of we have hired, you know, look, we hired a woman, and so therefore, how dare you as another woman complain in the organization, right? She's happy. She did well. She was given the position, etc. And she, on the other hand, knows for a fact that this is not a position that is that is as stable as, or rather, a peaceful-ish position because she was a tokenist hire. So how do you deal with such people? A, it's by acknowledging that. B, I definitely think they can be very useful. Um, 
in my career in moments where i was struggling with understanding what it takes to get to certain spaces i actually look for those kinds of women because they're never afraid to tell you your business and they'll be blunt like they're not going to shelter your feelings or whatever they'll tell you everything from the way you look to even how you how you smell maybe how you speak how you walk into the office all of things they'll they'll tell you because that is the nature of who they are so if you're looking to get ahead and you know figure out some of the things that you need to improve on etc you know the mentor or the advisor does not always have to be a nice person sometimes you have to remove the tone from what you're being told and take what you're being told and say aha there is a nugget of advice i can use um granted it came in a mean way but you know what it's a nugget i'll use it we keep it moving should we question secret hire secret projects when in leadership positions man you need to weigh that out you know you know your organization and their level of um being accepting of questions and transparency and all of these things so i would say wait out sometimes not all battles are worth your time right like i like to say you don't always have to be the activist in the office yeah Sometimes just do your job, go home, figure out how you're going to move to the next one, right? So not all battles are worth fighting, but you can wait out and then see for yourself. How do you professionally ask your child to grow a spine when they're being bulldozed by C-suit execs? Your child is not bulldozed by anybody. Your child is there to help a C-suit executive hire you, keep you happy in terms of retention, and also fire you so hr is not you the employ employer <laughs> protector they're there to actually achieve very specific business objectives and that involves personnel yes but they are just not they are not those people yeah they're not those people in any organization they're there to work with the decision the hiring managers and and your direct managers um in order to achieve very specific business goals are there really hey wicked hr people yes just like in any department position or whatever right are there really nice hr people who don't who treat people as human beings absolutely so the long shot of my answer on this one is hr is not there as per se <laughs> You know a specific decision maker they work with hiring managers they work with management in order to achieve specific objectives um in order to ensure certain things are happening with personnel and as i mentioned before if you're in a toxic working environment if the management above is exactly those kinds of people then the reflection of hr will also be the same thing if they're not the reflection of hr will not is Anything below 50k enough money for handling two social media jobs? No. The answer there is no, no. But also it depends. Is this person asking for certain hours, right? So are they telling you, um, I want you to do social media, say for example, posting, and also want you to shoot content, but it's only four hours a week um for you know the four weeks and therefore i'm paying you 50k then in that case it's enough if it's full-time employment 
right and on top of that maybe you're even paying fare and all these things yes that is not enough does it mean you shouldn't take it absolutely not if you're in a hard situation you will take whatever comes your way as you figure out the next step so i would say the answer is definitely no but it does not mean don't take it and also it depends on is it a full-time job or is it a couple of hours okay um if you've ever been in corporate how do you navigate the politics i politics is neutral politics can be good and bad i think politics has a bad name um because what we tend to see what is sensationalized and all of these things is always a bad side but the truth is all of us are politicians of some kind if we are trying to convince people to take certain positions or do certain things be it that you're convincing them that you are the best candidate for a job or while you're in that job you're trying to convince them that you actually delivered and all of these things or that you're capable of delivering so politics is very neutral um you just essentially need to decide what your politics your belief systems all of that is and so therefore once you have decided that you decide the kind of politician you're going to become in the corporate landscape so you are a politician don't run away from politics because you think it's a bad term mm -mm. learn how to be sharper smarter you know achieving those goals being effective etc as whatever belief system you have chosen as the corporate politician in your in your section of life how did you manage to position yourself transition from private sector to NGO space value value is something that any space can understand how you frame that value is how you get into a specific space so value in private sector and how it's framed and what you're required to do in order to achieve it is very different from value in ngo cso um you know civil society sectors so you just need to understand what what do i have as i initially earlier started by saying with the health question what do i have that i can frame as value what do i have to improve in how do i get that honest feedback and how do i make sure i'm being accountable to myself to ensure that i'm actually improving in that space that said there's also a lot of resilience anytime you're trying to shift from one sector into another there's resilience there's accepting that it didn't work out this time it might work out the next time um and just really pushing yourself and ensuring that you're constantly saying this is a space i want to go into and so therefore i'm going to learn i'm going to pivot i'm going to figure out how to share value um what value means in that sector and also being sure that once you get that role, that you'll actually be able to do it. Because sometimes it's two completely different sectors, organizations, etc. And so therefore, you need to assure yourself before anybody assures you that you'll be able to actually deliver, right? How do you navigate the corporate world C-suit level as an introvert, chill person? I am very introverted. People, nobody ever believes me. <laughs> but I'm very introverted. Um... What I learned early on is to A, tease myself out of my comfort zone and have interesting conversations with interesting people, number one. People I find fascinating, I'll be like, ah, let me figure out how to have a conversation with them. What I was lucky on is that because 
I, I, I started working and, and really having an actual career in the era of, of digital, right? And so I was able to do it comfortably as an introvert by, you know, when I was younger, sharing my ideas, engaging with people, going to certain forums, making sure that I, I was at spaces that I have and all these things, right? And that allowed me the safety of not always having to be around people um, through using digital channels. So if you're able to do that, then definitely do that. It gets to a certain point where you will not be able to continue doing your little introvert things, right? Like at the position I am in my life right now, I cannot be constantly introverted, right? When I was um, entry level, a junior manager, etc., I could, I could afford that. Right now I have to work with my teams. I have to work with partners. I have to work, you know, they're all, all of these layers. So what I also do is I really, I protect the little introvert space that I have. So I'm not the most out with colleagues person you'll ever meet but i'll do up until i feel my my clock has run out and then i'll check out completely because i have to protect a sense of who i am while still achieving the things that i want to achieve so that's kind of how i've always managed it the loudest people who might not be doing much get ahead sometimes it depends on the interest it depends on the industry it depends on the culture it depends on so many things that they're industries and cultures and sectors where you know you the quiet ones are the ones that do or rather that that get ahead right so you look at spaces for example people who do research or people who do policy papers that takes a lot of you know centering yourself stepping taking a step back putting all the work together in order to present it to whatever entity you're presenting it to so it's not always the case and also you find people you'll always find people that you need to find um don't be too afraid of being introverted don't be too afraid of not being the loudest person in the room there are people who are happy to still listen to you to still call you out and say hey i wanted to hear what you had to say but i noticed in the meeting you are a little bit quiet please can you tell me abcd so that's possible um what have you learned over the years where you have worked and perhaps you can share your education levels i have an undergraduate degree and a postgraduate um diploma in digital marketing i'm not <laughs> the most formally educated person you'll ever meet mm -mm, mm -mm, i am not i am literally your school of hard knocks babe have you ever resigned from a toxic workplace yes i have and i did it i was so angry I did it in the middle of the night, you know, at a cyber cafe. And then I sent them a little message on my ideas phone. Was it on a kumbuka? Yeah. As we're old, remember what ideas was, yeah? I was so mad. Um, but also, as I said before, I resigned when I knew I had another job offer. Right? So I just, I didn't care. Um, I think we also have to be very aware of the different levels of privilege and opportunity that you have so sometimes people just have to be in those toxic workplaces because you know you need to pay the rent you need to eat you need to do all of these things so while you're there dealing with it yes what i used to do is play gospel because i couldn't even afford therapy 
but the beauty of playing gospel especially like that evangelical type of gospel yes that's constantly telling god is going to stamp on your enemy yeah all those things so in a party i need more t-shirt it gives you a little bit of motivation you're like you know what i can i can i can deal with today i can deal with this hour <laughs> i can deal with this week i can deal with having to power through this weekend yes and then immediately i have another opportunity i am quitting and in the most dramatic way possible if you're like me um advice for someone who wants to pivot especially at 35 plus starting over etc as i said earlier make sure that you are learning what you need to learn understanding the space that you want to go into how you can offer value there and also learn how to frame what you have to offer um the value you can give an organization Figure that out, figure out how to frame it in a way that that organization would appreciate or accept and then take a shot and keep taking it and persevering until, you know, it works out. I'm 25, the only experience I have in sales, even drafting a CV is hard. I want to get into NGO. Absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, all of us keep learning how to draft CVs and how to apply for different jobs. I... I'm not, I'm not, I'm not afraid of failure. Um, and I think a lot of us need to stop being afraid of failing. It's very normal to fail. There are jobs and organizations I applied for over and over and over again, and I would fail and fail and fail. But with each failure, I was actually a step further into getting to the space and understanding the space I wanted to get into. So keep practicing, write your CV, apply, Maybe sometimes it doesn't even go through. You don't even get the interview. Sometimes you even get the interview. You learn something from that interview process. You understand from the questions they're asking you, huh, maybe this is how I need to tweak my CV for the next application, right? You do that again. This time, not only do you pass one interview, you actually pass maybe three. Maybe you're even one of the last few candidates, right? You keep refining, you keep trying, you keep doing it. Failure is not always a definitive no. Sometimes it is try again, right? Sometimes it is tweak yourself, right? So it's not always a no. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep trying, keep tweaking, keep improving. That's definitely something you should do. How do you move up vertically in your career? This horizontal one is making me feel used. Hmm. I think there's, there's a lot to be said in terms of working horizontally and learning from other colleagues that come from other departments in order to bolster up your knowledge and say based on my experience and what i'm able to offer i can do this but also based on the work that i have done with different people in different departments etc this is what i've learned and this is therefore what i think we should be doing or rather i could offer to your organization considering that there are similar people or other similar, similar dynamics that I will have to work through. As you go up in your career, it, it less and less becomes about the work with you and your team. It increasingly becomes the work with you and other stakeholders, right? And so if you've been good at working horizontally, you're also able to be good at working upwards. So it's really, really, really about framing okay and then we have i've tried everything i know how to move jobs for years revamped cv but now what's missing 
again as i said failure is not always i know failure is about you know you keep you keep trying you keep going you try again you learn something new from the process in which you are in and you keep going i think one of the hardest things about um a career and everything else is that it feels so personal it feels like it's your self-esteem that's being attacked and so therefore once you you deal with that with that emotion of is it that i'm not good enough right you deal with it and you say actually i am good enough because i'm good enough to keep trying and i'm good enough to keep learning and i'm good enough to keep you know making sure that i'm getting the right experiences in order to get the thing that i want right so i would look at it in that way okay a lot of these questions are very similar so i'm going to move up 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 um how to negotiate better i i have this thing that um i do a lot when i'm negotiating for money or a salary i like to ask men in in my life in specific positions that are similar what they would ask for and then i add 25 percent on top right because that not allows me even if they're going to negotiate it right i'm like i'll still land in a higher kind of percentile situation right so that's one way of looking at it um the other way of looking at it is making sure that you understand what people are paid in that specific industry it's very difficult to do that because most people don't like to divulge that kind of information however increasingly it has become something that a lot of hr departments and leadership in management have started to do because it allows you a to attract talent but b it allows it allows for a lot more transparency and healthier working culture if people understand what is being offered at a certain band um, or a certain level and how you should be paid based on that but you don't always have to be paid in a band i promise you this yes sometimes because they really really want you they will even pay above band but it's usually not that high right so a ask a man b make sure that you understand what's being paid at that band c definitely increase it by 25 percent in order to in case they negotiate then that can work out d which is a possible scenario as well they'll just tell you they can't afford you right and so you have to deal with that understanding and repercussion of saying okay i, I tried my best in terms of the negotiations they said they can't afford me am i comfortable with receiving what they are able to afford to to share to sort of sort of pay me right and if you're not then you just say no yeah um how to renegotiate your salary once you've joined a company and notice the work that you do this is something i personally um do not have much experience in i know that people are very good at doing that um but again i think it goes back to that point of framing understanding how to frame your value and your worth but also shop around <laughs> shop around let me tell you Organizations are not loyal, right? So you don't need to be loyal either. If you feel like you can get more and this person has refused to give you more, right? This organization has refused to give you more. Cheers. You need to be shopping around. Shop around. Shop around. Now that's my thing, right? Like I, once it gets to a point where I'm just seeing this organization, they're not, you know, I'm just like, at this point in time, I need to be shopping around. So shop around.
at what age did you start making good or real money <sighs> i've never met anyone who says they've made they have enough money or they're making enough money that said i would say um in terms of you know living that brokey life because all the time i was broke <laughs> i was very broke yeah in terms of living that life i would definitely say it started at you know when i was in my third year of running my company and also when i was hired um in the first telco i worked in which was Etel. so from that point on you know life was looking up and up and things were not as dire and you know as chaotic so that would be from age 25. uh in the current world is it possible to work in a field you're not interested in but you have to make a living out of it of course yes it is you need to pay rent you need to buy food as i had said of course it absolutely absolutely is so let me jump into the next questions right um here we go how soon is it too soon to quit a new job if you have other options quit on day three there are people who receive a contract they've signed it they've said they want to join your organization they send you a message and they say actually i won't join it's never too late you can always do it okay um hmm what else is there i would love to move to south should i should i move to southeast asia for a 900 dollar increase a month you need to assess for yourself whether this is a a place you feel that you will be psychologically mentally happy in living in and working in all of that but also if this is a game changer for you maybe not on the money side but maybe in terms of being able to come back and say i worked in this space and so therefore um i have experience that somebody else doesn't have so that's kind of how it wait okay uh -huh. Any tips for effective onboarding of junior high so they have freedom to think for themselves and, you know, hand-holding them? Sometimes I struggle with this. There, there are different kinds of people. There's the kind of person who has, you know, personal initiative, will do what needs to get done in order to learn and grow in an organization. And so, therefore, you will onboard them, you'll have, you know, all the status meetings and everything, and they're running with it, and they're doing amazing, and they're doing great, because this is the perfect fit for them and they love the job and they love the organization and love everything else then there's the other kind of person who struggles right this person is struggling 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 you can see that your onboarding process right is not working for them as somebody who's a manager what that tells me is that for me it's a learning it's like ah you know maybe we need to think through onboarding in different ways for different people right in order to make sure that we have everybody being able to deliver in the way that they can because people understand things in different ways. They receive information in different ways. They learn in different ways. And maybe the way we've done this process is not a way that this person can, can do that with, right? So it's a learning. So you need to kind of like cluster those two different kinds of people, figure out who exactly is in your, is in your team and what works for them and what doesn't. That said, there's the kind of person who is just not working. This is not a fit for them. They're just not able to deliver. 
it's just not working and so there i would definitely say go through the process right you know put this person on a on a performance um improvement plan walk with them humanly as possible through that plan in order to make sure that can they actually improve will they be able to be a fit after they go through this thing if it's still not working then it's just it's not working it's not working and so again it becomes a thing of how can you humanly have that conversation with that person how can you humanly make sure that in as much as you're letting them go that they understand it's not personal it's just that it's not working for the job it's not working for the role and so therefore you have to have those conversations um so how how you do that is a again by understanding this person understanding who they are how how to navigate it through your policy within the organization um if you're a hiring manager because you usually have all your budgets and everything else how do you make sure that this person is compensated in a way that you know this is not such a you know life ending event right so there are definitely different ways that you can look at it and that is it for today if you have other questions if you would like to talk about this a little bit more definitely feel free to comment um but i had yeah it was interesting for me to go through all of these and to reflect and to think through them and to come up with this content as i said before not all advice is good advice or advice that can apply for you in your life um because of all the different experiences we come from and that we've lived through that said if there's anything you can get out of this that is a nugget yay <laughs> then i've done a good job have a beautiful week and thank you for tuning in Goodbyes when we get down with the tribe It's a new age groove One step at a time Yeah, we move to the tune While we're set in the style Know it is what it is Chamo, you